Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda is in Zephyr B. This is season 27 for me, and season 23 for Amanda. This is day 24 of season 95, the second to last day. The first question asks us about what American company founded in Michigan has a logo that could be described as a multicolor tri-pipped bone. So my first thought was to come at it from companies in Michigan. I thought, okay, the main ones are going to be your Ford, your General's Motors, your Chryslers. No, none of those, uh, none of those would work in that. I, I quickly dismissed them, and I was just kind of glossing over this question at the beginning of the day. Uh, and then I thought, try pipped. Well, pip is a dot, three dots. Oh, oh, three dots. There's the three dots on the Domino's logo, which of course is blue and red. And a bone is another word for a domino. Multicolored tri-pip bone, uh, Michigan in uh, 1960. That sounds about right. I remember it was you know, before I was born, but not like in the antiquity of time. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll go with dominoes. Uh, same here, basically. Um, that's the, the pipped part really kind of tipped me off as the thing that would unlock this one for me. Um, you know, I didn't really trouble to even think it all the way through before I kind of came back for a second pass and went, oh yeah, so the thing with pips, uh, pips are those dots. And so I know it's not like dice or something. So something with three pips on it, it's also known as a bone to be a domino. So Domino's pizza. That's what I put down. And that was correct. Indeed. We were, we were, I don't know whether we wouldn't have gotten that if we were not if we did not live in Michigan, but I think it helped. Probably because just, just immediately knowing, oh yeah, Michigan is Domino's. Mm-hmm. Question two asks us for the name of a common kitchen item that is the Latin word for sieve. Right. Um, so a sieve is a thing with uh, like a bowl sort of shaped thing with holes in it, um, and. It would you would be using it for sifting through sand, something like that. Um, but that's not something you particularly do in the kitchen. What you do is uh, basically strain things, like you uh, put lettuce leaves or you know fruit or something in a colander, and then pour water over them so that you can rinse them off, or you um, you know rinse off beans to put in soup. At least I do. I'm talking about me, not you. Um, but I just figured this had to be a colander because what else would be the equivalent of a sieve that you use in a kitchen? Um, I thought that seemed like a pretty direct link there. So I know that is a colander and that's what I put down. Uh, I uh, kind of didn't put that much thought into it because uh, I always think of a colander as a sieve. And I always kind of have to realign myself whenever I see the word colander, like in a recipe or in an instruction or anything like that. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what that's what you're actually supposed to call the thing I call a sieve. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Sure. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, this is a colander. Does that sound like a Latin word? Sure. Could be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll go with colander. And that was the correct answer. Um, yeah. I think that... Uh... Never mind, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. Moving on to question three. Um, we are asked what the bonus round of Family Feud is called. So I 
kind of didn't believe this question <laughs> in the sense that I don't recall there being a term for it. And I just sort of so I thought about it over the course of the day. I jury duty again, so I was uh, I wasn't in an answering place for most of the day, like not in a, mm. not in a situation where I felt I could devote time to it. Plus, I was just on my phone. So I came back home after having thought about it and just kind of letting things bounce in my head and thinking like, okay, think of what Richard Dawson would say at the end of it or what Ray Combs would say at the end of the game, but not the end of the game, the part before the bonus round, which is just the bonus round. It's not a, it's just not, it's not imprinted on my brain like Final Jeopardy is. Mm -hmm. You ask me what the, what the final round, the last round, the bonus round, whatever of Jeopardy is, it's, it's Final Jeopardy. Um, so it's just kind of, and at some point I thought, like, fast money? Is that it? Because they're going fast. They're trying to get... The... Is fast money a thing? No. That's not really a not really a term. Is that the term for the... But I, I had this kind of very old fragment of a memory of Ray Combs saying fast money. Hmm. And I thought, oh, that, okay. And I kind of looked back at the, uh, at the question itself... And, okay, it's asking, uh, it says that they have to win the ultimate cash prize. So, uh, again, I'm going into the, what is Thorsten not saying? What are the words mm. he's not using? I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's not saying money. He's saying cash prize. Kind of Is he necessarily avoiding the word money? Eh, probably not, but it's, it's, he's not not avoiding it. Uh, so I just kept thinking, fast money, that for some reason is fitting into that part of my brain. And that's, it's probably a constructed memory. Mm -hmm. um, just because I, you know, I watched a lot of Family Feud back in the Richard Dawson days when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I watched it occasionally in the, the Combs era and the uh, the Louis Anderson era and the John O'Hurlihy oh, yeah. era. And, you know, it comes up every now and then nowadays in the Steve Harvey era. And I'll, mm -hmm. you know, it'll, it'll be on if I'm somewhere or, you know, I'll see a clip from it if something particularly egregious happens. But I don't remember the last time I saw a full episode. But <laughs> I just kind of tried imagining each of those guys saying fast money. And it's, it never really clicked after that. But I couldn't think of anything else. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, I tried imagining, okay, you're done. And now it's time for... And I just kept thinking bonus round, but that's clearly not it. I was saying, ah, fast money. That that sounds just enough like they're trying to make it a thing, and they've been trying to make it a thing for like forty years, but it just never <laughs> it never really grabbed America. So, but yeah, in in the absence of knowing it, I, I'll just guess that fast money. That sounds just incorrect enough to be correct <laughs> yeah so this is surprisingly the question that i racked my brains over mm -hmm. the longest like i had all my other answers um you know set up for just a long time before i uh, even could narrow this one down appropriately and part of the difficulty i have is that there are lots of bonus round type things from various game shows that have pretty distinctive names like the lightning round or or final jeopardy or um you know that like different terms are kind of assigned to different shows and of course they try to each have their own character to them um and so 
you know, the phrase that did kind of come to mind for this one was big money. Um, but I, that, that felt to me like I was just thinking, what would you call, you know, a large cash prize at the end of a game show? It's like the big money part of the show. Um, and that's so generic. And also I associate it so much with press your luck where it's big money, no whammies, mm -hmm. etc. The no whammies is a little more iconic for that, but it's, it's so associated as a definite catchphrase that they repeat in yep. that show that I was like, no, I think I'm just, I'm conflating that because, you know, they were, they were on in a sort of similar era. And so I went through a whole process of trying to picture, you know, what would, um, what can I imagine Richard Dawson or Steve Harvey were the two hosts that I really have seen an appreciable number of episodes of Family Feud with them as opposed to like I had forgotten the rest of those ones you just mentioned mm -hmm. you know I, I when you said Louis Anderson I was like oh yeah geez I utterly forgotten that he'd done that um those other guys I barely even recognize so I tried to like run through like I know kind of the rhythm of the show and I couldn't even picture for myself like what is the that head-to-head -head round you know in the beginning what is that called I don't know um, does it really have a name? Uh, and I went through and like tried to picture them saying, okay, next, you know, these two players are going to play for, you know, what <laughs> I don't like, there's no term for that, that they yep. really put out there very much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up going, finally, my brain came up with the term sweepstakes. I thought, yeah, maybe they kind of you know that was the kind of like you're doing this sort of winner take all thing like i went through a lot of rejected answers with double in them or or some kind of tag team or team up because there's the two players you know that are selected from the particular family that's that's ahead mm -hmm. um to play this and none of that rang a bell either um and so finally i thought sweepstakes is a term that i don't associate with any other game show and that kind of faintly sounded plausible. Um, and on a later Googling realized that was because there are, you know, like with many things in life, there are sweepstakes associated with some sort of branding promotion um, that, that mm. involve family feud or, okay. you know, kind of align yeah. with that brand or whatever. Okay. Um, but that's what I put down because I just couldn't, convince myself that something as generic and inane as big money could possibly be the right thing yeah that's fair that's fair because it was big money or fast yeah. money or fast money so, yeah and i just i i i already didn't particularly love family feud <laughs> for a host of reasons um and its inanity is large among those and this just this just adds to the pile the, yeah. the pile right there yeah reasonable how dare they? <laughs> Question four asks us for a German-born composer who later became British and developed the English Oratorio. Right, and mentions that uh, his most famous oratorio by far was for, first performed in a particular year in the 18th century. Um, so uh, if I know oratorios, and I don't... Um, <laughs> The one that I do know is Handel's Messiah. Um, you know, obviously a fairly seasonal um, 
piece that you know gets gets played around December and um, you know the the Christmas season, I suppose. Um, I knew that, of course, he's not uh, English born; he's German. You know, this fits into all of what bare bones I know about uh, Handel, um, and so it's it's just kind of a gestalt, so to speak, <laughs> of like, yeah, this this all adds up to Handel as far as I'm concerned. I was pretty sure this was talking about Messiah, uh, or the Messiah, um, which is one of those pieces that is a bit ingrained in my mind because it's one of the first CDs that my parents had when I was a kid. Like, uh-huh. they, they had a number of classical music CDs because a lot of what was available was that, um, like, you know, if you wanted high quality sound reproduction, then, you know, orchestral pieces with a lot of, you know, subtlety mm-hmm. and uh, beauty are what you want on CD because you want a very high end um, recording of them. And so one of the ones we had was Handel's Messiah. And it just kind of seeing that around the house and playing it around the holidays kind of ingrained that for me um, that Handel and the Messiah were, you know, kind of in lockstep together. Um, and so I figured with all of this context offered by the question, this had to be Handel. Uh, yeah, I uh, pretty much had the same logic to it, except my uh, brain didn't complete the name Handel correctly, and I thought it was Haydn. Oh, dang it. But. You know, Haydn's Messiah made just as much sense to me as Handel's Messiah. Mm. Uh, and I just kind of went with that and kept kept moving on to other questions. Wow. So I said Haydn. You know, that should be the correct answer because that's like <laughs> four of the same letters. Yeah. Uh, but it is Handel. Yeah. Sad to say. Yeah. Uh, question five asks us, uh, essentially, what was the uh, novel whose sequel was How to Save Your Own Life and had a protagonist named Isidore Wing and came out in 1973. No idea. Oh. Uh, just straight up didn't know it. Tried everything I could think of to, to make any link I could. The novel in 1973, uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. That doesn't <laughs> sound right. Uh, Isadora Wing. Uh, no, nothing... Nothing really grabbed me there. Couldn't couldn't think of any anything that I you know, that, that worked with that. Coming back to 1973, I'm like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, you know, I kind of thought like you know the libidinous adventures thing might have been like, oh, it's a teenager who's coming into her uh, into her grown upness. Yeah, I, f- I finally just sort of punted and said, maybe Valley of the Dolls? Mm. Uh, I-, I felt like that was earlier, though. Okay. But I had absolutely nothing else that, you know, other than, you know, I kind of thought of, oh, well, maybe the How to Save Your Own Life would be the sequel to How to Save Someone Else's Life. Mm. Or How to Save a Life. But that didn't connect. That didn't ring any bells, so... I just went back to Valley of the Dolls and figured what the hell. Okay. So this is a sort of today I learned question for me. um, Because when I think of an early 70s uh, women's libidinous tribulations 
kind of novel, which I have not read, by the way, but um, that immediately evokes Fear of Flying by Erica Young to me. And I I can't totally say why that is. It's it by the time I would have started to know about that novel, um, you know, in the eighties, you know, solidly a decade or more later, um, it was kind of a cliche or, uh, almost like emblematic of a trope or something like that. Um, that, that along with like, cosmopolitan and a couple other similar you know pieces of media i guess um was about you know kind of women's lib and and you know sex positive kinds of uh works out there for women um and so that plus the protagonist's last name being wing Sure. you know, pretty well convinced me that fear of flying had to be it. Um, I did not know that it had a sequel. Um, although it's possible I read that in passing at some point, but, um, just kind of knowing that that novel was out there and, and figuring it had to be a pretty high profile example of this genre that's being asked for. Uh, I figure it had to be fear of flying. Yeah, I, I have vaguely heard of that as a thing. Like, mm. I I don't think I could have connected it with the author. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have even... And if I had, I wouldn't have said it was fiction. Like, I would have uh, kind of thought, like, oh, yeah. is that, like, some kind of, you know, metaphorical self-help book or the like. But, uh. yeah, I uh, never would have gotten to it. So, You know, I think now that you mention it, it I suspect it was in some parts semi-autobiographical. Sure. So like fiction, but, you know, based on life. Isadora Wing and Erica Jong do sound very much like... Kind of, yeah. That's... They have a certain uh, uh, ring to them. Uh Um, Uh-huh. Yeah, I honestly think this is probably something that I picked up from being mentioned in women's magazines in the 80s a lot. Sure. And that would certainly be probably not something you consumed no yeah so definitely definitely a gender uh dichotomy on the scoring there i'm guessing question six wagner matthewson johnson ruth blank it is an inaugural five sum who is the blank so i i didn't know what this was inaugurating uh, but I know at least two of those as baseball player names, Wagner and Ruth, mm-hmm. um, and very famous baseball player names, old timey baseball player names. So I figured this was either the inaugural group inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame or possibly the first five like baseball cards that were issued as collector's items kind of things. Um that are you know the most valuable or now or whatever um and so the name that i thought would be most likely to be included in such uh a group you know of that time and of that level of fame would be ty cobb um and really that's it i put down cobb because i was like that is the name that just immediately comes to mind when i think of you know honus wagner babe ruth um 
you know, if I'm going to fill in a blank with someone else, I'm going to go with Ty Cobb because that's the kind of, you know, star player that, that he was as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, as soon as I saw inaugural, I, 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 I kind of read through the questions, of course, and came back to him later. And as I was reading them, I remember thinking of those names. Oh, man, I don't I, I know it's baseball, but I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, inaugural. Yeah, mm. I'm fairly certain. I have not looked it up, actually. <laughs> uh, but I am 90% certain that this is the first five people in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, and it's Honus Wagner, Chrissy Matthewson. I have no idea who Johnson is. Nor I. Like, prelate Titanium Arm Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Babe Ruth and, yes, Ty Cobb was, was the fifth of those. And I, and I thought about it because I don't know that offhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, th- I thought like okay i know that the the hall of fame was you know after ruth's career which means it was also after cobb's career sure and uh, and he was definitely you know one of those players who was you know, what we would now call the first ballot hall of famers in, mm-hmm. back in the day and he mm-hmm. was he was still very highly regarded uh back then you know as much as he is now Although history has accrued itself much more baseball since then. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I figured this had to be Cobb. Mm-hmm. And that was the correct answer. So that left me with five on the day. And it's I was. Five. It, it, pretty good five. Mm-hmm. I, I am irked, of course, about the family feud one, <laughs> but my television score is pretty good. So yep. I hope I won't lose too much on that. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends how difficult people think. The first two questions are. If they're not actually food and drink, they're quasi food and drink. Right. So, um, they, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, they will find that to be to seem easier than Colander or Domino's. Mm. But on the other hand, got a game sport question, so that's the one people should three. Yep. Right out of the gate. Yeah, I probably would have won you on uh, on that question. Really? Yeah. yeah TV. I figure is, is mm. you're you're good at it, and um, there there were a couple that I more expected you to get, but not three okay. certainly. So you know, I think, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember if it was since we've been married. I've been to the Ty Cobb Museum in Georgia, if you can believe. I can believe it. Yeah, because I, it was a, a a work trip to a hospital system out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it in Georgia? I think so. It, it would be. It would have to be. I, right? I would be amazed if it were um, not. He was very much associated with Georgia during yeah, his it, lifetime. It must have been. Um, but it, yeah, if it's not here, um, then it's in Georgia. I actually got a commemorative mug and everything mm. uh, out of the trip. So uh, so Ty Cobb is top of mind for me if I'm thinking there you of go. old-timey baseball players. So you're, well done. you're right to make it easier than mm-hmm. my stats would indicate. Yeah. So I guess that's about it for today. Mm-hmm. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis for the final post-game analysis of the year. Of the year. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.